Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan. Uh, back to work, Dan, which means actually I should be way more depressed than I am. I must still be on a high from my holiday, but with me to bring me back to earth and discuss all things women's cycling is my good friend, Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. I, I, I was, I've been on holiday, so I don't know anything about, about what's really happened in cycling. I know a little bit. So in, in uh, variance with our usual thing, Dan is going to catch me up on the racing. Um, because, well, oh my God. you know, some of the racing, I mean, there'll be bits that, like, for example, I'm, I'm pretty confident you know more about what went on with the BMX than I do, but we'll get to that. We will get to that. First of all, though, first things first. Oh, should we, should we say what's in it? Because well, we have. Well, I, well, actually, first of all, I wanted to discuss, because while I, you know, we did discuss briefly last week where I've been on holiday, you went to Glasgow. The, the it's home... not very exotic. Well, come on, whiskey's from there. <laughs> I went to Glasgow. I didn't drink any whiskey. Um, Boo. You know, but I want to talk about. We also have. So we got the Tour of Chongling Island. We yep. got the Trophy Mike Martin Winans. We got the Redland Cyclo Classic. We got the BMX World Cup. We've got some various domestic races. <sighs> we've got the Tour of California to talk about, which starts today. Um, and we've also. It's our fifth birthday. It really is. Can you believe, I mean, my God, it's it's one of those ones that for me simultaneously feels shorter and longer, um, that it, five years ago, and I guess a couple of weeks, we were like, hey, want to do a podcast about women cycling? Eh, okay, when will we start? Oh, how about the week after next? Here we are. <laughs> and that's that's how it happened so if you by any chance have listened to us since our first year thank you um, thank you if you've listened to and us sorry. since then thank you as well yeah sorry i feel most sorry for people who've listened to us for five years we've been doing this so we are going to talk a little bit about like what's changed what's not changed what it's been like doing that but we'll get to that at the end so if you're just here for the racing then uh stay then then don't worry about that we, we you, you can hear about the racing um tour of charming island it was live again yeah i know that um it, i know that the stream was i wasn't allowed to get into the stream because my computer looked at it and went oh god no sarah no what are you thinking yeah no. now look some people get varied mileage on this and and i just wanted to explain from not a deep technical point of view but from like a slightly technical point of view part of that is because the streams originate out of china and um, while, for example, in recent US political history, there has been much hay made about Russian hacking, um, China is also a nation that is known to have its fair share of people who do things with computers that can be hazardous to your own computer's health. And so it is possible that your antivirus software is just being extra cautious and saying no, but it is also possible that maybe you, it was right to do that. So, you know, some people go, oh, yeah, no, I clicked at the stream. Like, great. Good. Good for you. Very happy for you. Yes. And I don't want to freak you out. If you have if you have watched the stream and you're like, oh, my God, my computer's now going to be full of malware. Just just run your antivirus program. Because yeah. it's, it's Look, it's, it's all it's corrupted fine. by the NSA anyway. So who cares? Like, honestly, <laughs> you're fine. But, um, Speaking but the, of the which, hi to all of our NSA listeners. They love the show. Oh, God. Big time fans. We haven't talked to NSA lady for so long, but Dan would still like <gasps> to date She was theoretical. You. God damn it. Oh, she was not part of the podcast. Oh, well. Anyway, Dan would still like. Dan would still no, like to I did. I did not know. See, see, theoretical. So don't know. I mean, feel free to, <laughs> feel free to send me some info. But you know. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving um, so, moving right along. One oh, of the quickest ways to get us to talk about racing is to start talking about my dating life. 
Um, so the tour of, <laughs> tour of Chongming Island. Um, for anyone who's played along before, guess how much the course has changed from previous years. If you guessed zero, you would be right. Oh, God, it's so... I mean, uh, it's difficult. When you are an island that's 80 kilometres long and 12 kilometres wide, you do have a bit of trouble Pancake finding three-stage... Yeah. Stage, stage race this is why we joke about the crit like stages because technically you're not allowed a crit in a women's world tour races so there's crit like mm. stages it is completely was flat. it Did now was get, it was it last year that... yes was it last year or was it the year before that chloe hosking wrote her semi-famous blog about the race being so boring she could write it in her sleep yeah, she did do that. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, yeah, and... all of which is to say that it it's not the most exciting course, um, but that doesn't mean that it's not interesting racing. And we talked about that a little bit last week, and we also talked about it quite a bit more last year, because you know we're starting to see more uh, Chinese and Taiwanese and and riders from that part of Asia uh, become competitive in this race. And uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, one of which is obviously with China not being the easiest country in the world to travel to from Europe and teams with various size budgets not being able to afford to send um, teams at all or full teams or top riders or whatever. But also this year in particular with the sheer volume of racing that we've seen pick up, um, you know, teams are also having to target which races they're chasing a little more carefully as well. Yes, yes, yes. So it's, I mean, did that happen this year, though? Because last year, of course, Huang Tingying won two stages and only didn't win the GC by Chloe Hosking going after the sprint immediate bunnies, which I suspect could have been because Huang didn't, A, they, her team probably didn't, you know, didn't actually think she could be in that stage. I mean, much as they loved it, that situation. But B, it's also something that if you're someone like Chloe Hosking, you've ridden this race a couple of times and you know you know you know that's what to do because that's one of the things i did pick up on was that this year um although kirsten veald won the first stage chloe hosking ended up the first stage in the gc leaders jersey oh thanks for thanks for danning the race jeez sarah oh my god that was that was our whole that was the whole big bait and switch i was going to do for the end of the first stage oh Oh my god oh my god (laughs) i can't believe you've done this to me on this, our five-year anniversary. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is this the end of everything? I don't know. Maybe maybe our whole podcast is over now. Oh, my God. What's the accent? I actually don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. No, that's more like, like I don't know. That's more like Stoner Bogan or something. I don't know. Okay. It, was, it was way out there. There was a touch of Greek in it, too, like Aussie Greek, like Melbourne Greek. Um, okay, so you're saying yeah. that didn't sound Greek to me. No, 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 no. But then again, your Greek's terrible, so... Um... <laughs> I bet my Greek's better than your Greek, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. whatever. Five years of bickering like siblings and being... Uh, yeah. Um, so, okay, sorry, sorry. I say this because Dan used to always... He stopped recently. Dan stopped the re- race I stopped two I years think... ago. <laughs> Bloody hell. two years ago. Where I used to, where I used to start off getting really excited about the race, and then Dan would give away what happened before the end. But yes, to um, be fair, to be fair, back when I did that, our podcasts were also shorter. So, <laughs> yeah. so, 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 
Kirstenfield won stage one. Yeah, so uh, stage but... one, um, Kirstenfield uh, won it. Chloe Hosking came in. Se- I mean, it was a sprint finish, obviously. Duh. Uh, Chloe sense. Hosking came in second. Sarah Roy came in third. Nettie Edmondson came in fourth, which three Aussies in the top five. Marta Bastianelli in fifth. Um, you know, and you can also see from, from those riders too, like, uh, like even though I would talk about, you know, not all the teams are there and not necessarily the biggest teams or whatever, there's enough teams with some serious sprint, uh, form and quality and strength and whatever in there that, that, you know, um, it pretty much did shut out local riders to answer your question for, for this year. So in the top 20 of the stage, we had two, um, local riders, Huang Ting Ying, uh, came in at 12th, um, riding for Saveto Giusta. And um, in 20th, we had Zhao Zizha, um, riding for China Chongming Live Pro Cycling. Um, so, yeah. I mean, this uh, top 20 is not bad, but, you know, it's just a yeah, little different. I mean, it, is, it was interesting because last year, of course, you had your likes of um, Kirsten Veld and Yodin Dora. Um, racing, focusing on uh, Nettie Edmondson, mm. uh, Nettie Edmondson focusing on the, the the Olympics. Yeah. So it wasn't as it wasn't as big a field last year, but this year it was pretty, you know, pretty it's, pretty strong. It's a solid sprint. field of strong riders, absolutely. Now the but, interesting thing was, as you as you um, mentioned, um, Chloe Hosking had managed to get out on the sprint immediates, and so she snuck off with the the leaders jersey on the GC, leading Kirsten Vilbo by one second, and then Sarah Roy um, a further six seconds behind. Yoling Dora hot on her heels, one more second back at eight. And Maria Vittoria Sporotto for B-Pink Kogius at nine seconds. Um, so, and there had been a big crash. There had been a big crash as well. There had, been, stage, there had so. been a crash in that stage. Um, okay, stage two. Stage two, I, mean, I looked at the VeloFocus gallery and the Velo Focus Gallery, Sean Robinson, who was out there doing the Velo Focus pictures this time, did say that that it could have the race, the stage could have been a hundred kilometers shorter, and it wouldn't have made a difference to the result. Yeah, which I mean is basically just another way of saying what we've already said. You know, small flat island, not much you can do with it. Ride around until you sprint. You know, but to anyone who says that, I say. Every men's race over two hundred and fifty kilometers. Oh no, no! You see, you see, you see. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that it's every men's race. I don't, and, and I think the interesting thing is that in a lot of women's races, no, I didn't say every men's race. Sprints. I said every men's race over two hundred and fifty kilometers. Okay, cool. Um, so what happened is who won stage two? So stage I'm two, guessing, I'm guessing it was a bunch sprint. Bunch sprint, big shock to everybody. Uh, Yolene Dora across the line in first, Kirsten Field second, Anna Zita Maria Stricker for BTC City Ljubljana in third, Chloe Hosking fourth, Emily Moberg for High Tech in fifth. Now this did give us a bit of a GC shakeup um, th- between this and the intermediate points. So Yolene Dora managed to. Uh, leapfrog several riders and take the leader's jersey um, away from Chloe Hosking, leading Kirsten Field by one second and Chloe by three. Um, oh, interesting going into the fight because you have a couple of sprints. So basically the sprint immediates are three, two and one seconds mm. of sprint points. And then it's something like 10, six and four over the lot for the first three riders over the line. So that actually sounds like it was super exciting. For yeah, the final yeah, stage. exactly. Also, and that's, that's why I tend to not reject out of hand, but reject this, you know, this idea of it, you know, it could have just been the last 
five kilometers and it wouldn't have made a difference kind of thing because actually the gc is getting sorted out by these intermediates um and, also... and they're still within reach for the the last stage coming up and also for a rider who could escape because mm. on the final stage what i know about the final stage is that valentina scandalara tr- did try to get away completely out of character for her um, she's known for quietly sitting in and not making much of a, an effort to draw attention to herself. I, I miss the Valentina attacks. I think Scandalara has been sick for the past for the past couple of weeks. She's definitely not been herself. Like she's mm. been pretty much invisible. I don't think she found last. I think last year was a difficult year for her. She wanted to get to the Olympics. She didn't get to the Olympics, but she just wasn't her. She just wasn't herself, and she's yeah. a huge fan favorite for her lunatic attacks. But she's saying that she's, you know, she's been very clear about trying not to, you know, trying to attack in clever places, yeah. not, um, you know, not not just, you know, not just for the sake of it. And this attack sounded like, I don't know, I mean, it sounds like it was completely old school valet lunacy. But yeah. also, at this point, you just don't know. Like if 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 well, you're get if you're if you if you're away and other teams aren't going to work together. You know, if they're exactly. playing Peloton politics, exactly. you, you do have a chance. Well, and that was always, you know, the the thing that Jens Vogt used to used to say is, that, you know, the thing is, if you get yourself into a break and are willing to do the work, then, you know, it only takes one lapse in concentration, one dispute between teams, one small thing in that bunch of people behind you for them to, to ignore you for just that little bit too long and you can make it. But if you don't, <laughs> then, you know... What's Valor going to do in a bunch sprint against Kirsten Field, Chloe Hosking, Sarah Roy, Yolene Dora, um, you know, Marta Bastinelli, etc., etc., etc.? Like, you know, it's not that she can't be there, but your odds are much worse. So, yeah, so she goes out for the attack in Stage 3. Um, and like you say, a bit of a return to Classic Valet, which is always fun to see. Unfortunately for her, she did get caught um, just before... Well, you know, not just before the line, but, you know, a couple of Ks before the line. And so... Guess what happened from there? Bunch she sprint. Got bunch sprints. Yeah, yeah, bunch sprint. <laughs> so you know, um, and and by now, what is turning into a little bit of a, a who's who of of clearly who? Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's kind of nice because it does show you who was targeting the race pretty seriously. So Yoling Dora across the line in first, Kirsten Field second, Chloe Hosking in third, Sarah Roy in fourth, and Yelena Eric for BTC City Ljubljana in fifth. So that gave us basically our podium and our total overall result, winning being Yolene Dora for Wiggle High Five, uh, Kirsten Field in second for Silence, Chloe Hosking in third for Ale Cipollini, um, the splits being five seconds from Yolene to Kirsten and six seconds from Yolene to Chloe. So not much in it. And, and within, within Intermediates plus Sprint, uh, you know, over the line, result bonifications as well so uh interesting in fourth um sarah roy for orica scott and in fifth christina sigard for team velo concept win oh that's interesting that's a great result for sigard i I mean it's 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 fascinating because of course the um uh, yoni didn't have the spring that she wanted no like she didn't she didn't have she came second i think in um 
in one of the Flanders races, but she didn't have the spring that she wanted. She really wanted to win the Ronde van Vlaanderen. And personally, I think the pressure probably got to her a bit because there is a lot of pressure on her as a uh, as a Flandrian rider racing Flanders. Yeah. And especially yeah. when she couldn't go for the spring, spring classics last year because she was focusing on the track and she wasn't picked to ride the um, Omnium, the new style Omnium in the track world championships because... Um, her younger teammate was uh, her younger Belgian teammate was picked instead of her. So I'm happy for her that she's got that win because yeah. it's it's at least you know that reminder of who you are and what you can do because you know her spring's been a bit crappy and it's a world tour and yeah and it's and it's you know it's 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 a world tour you still get the yeah. points right yeah, you still absolutely. get the um yeah absolutely and you know it's it's something for a Palmares and and. Um, something to work from, you know, just in terms of keeping her confidence up too for the rest of the season. Because, like you say, while she was targeting, um, you know, the spring classics and and those are important to her for a whole bunch of reasons. There's still plenty of racing left in the year, so you know, oh, good yeah, to yeah, good yeah. to get a win yeah. in the bank and and just have that bit of confidence behind her as as we get into stage racing proper and start to head towards, uh, you know, the the final legs of the season. Yeah, and also to beat Kirsten Veeld in sprints like that is not nothing. Yeah, you exactly. Know, Kirsten Veeld, we talk about her as the queen of, as the queen power sprinter. You know, like that's that's not. You know, I would generally put Kirsten Veeld as the favourite for this yes. race. And yes. there's some big sprinters races coming up. We've got the Giro because every sprinter wants to win stages at the Giro. I don't yeah. know if Yolene will get even. You know, they don't necessarily even get to ride there because. You know, it, it's it depends on the team priorities, but winning a stage at the Sprint Giro is the equivalent of winning a stage at the Tour de France for the men. Yeah. Then, the course this year isn't for sprinters. No. So they don't have that in the World Tour, uh, but they do have the uh, Prudential Ride London GP and the Madrid Classics in the World Tour. Um, not to mention races that you can steal from. Uh, non-sprinters like GP Plouet <laughs> and open to Sven Pagoda are not, you know, are, are, yeah, are they're, there. they're anything but guaranteed in terms of how they so, play out. Yeah, yeah, but but the but the kind of you know, of course, of course, you'd rather win Kentwood Elgem or uh, or or Ronde van Vlaanderen, um, but you know, it is what it is, and it's still it's still it's still a world tour race. So, um, I especially want to shout out to the TV stream. So I wasn't watching it, but. I was on a holiday and I was catching up with it on Twitter a little bit. And I did notice that the stream had a very, 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 very bad habit of not just going to adverts at, say, for example, 6K to go, but going to adverts and then not coming back. Awesome. Because um, the broadcasters switched to uh, boxing, I think. It yeah. Was. And, yeah, so what there are these streams have appeared on youtube thank you to the robin hoods of the internet they're on they're on they're on the, they're on youtube um so you can watch them i just warn you i think it might only be the last stage that includes the full the full race i think there's right. a, there's a slightly sarcastic comment of yes and this year the stream stopped after the riders finished racing right right yeah <laughs> but there are highlights and of course we got high five are always so valuable in taking mm. a, a a videographer out to, to to video the race, and which is always especially exciting when they win. Um, <laughs> in the past, the only you know there's been some years where the only 
Yeah, true. Where the only only video we got is is from Wiggle or um, maybe one or two other teams. Absolutely, but Wiggle have always for years um, done a great job of bringing us, you know, what they can. Yeah, so there's always something nice about you know seeing a video where it's that team's <laughs> rider winning, um, and all of that is on our website, prowomenscycling.com. Five years of saying prowomenscycling.com. That's oh. Scary. Will she ever tire of it? Stick with us for another five years and find out. God, do you think we'll be doing this in five years' time? I'd be amazed. Um, mostly because I expect someone to assassinate me. <laughs> Why? At, at your behest, of course. <gasps> I wouldn't ask someone to assassinate me. No, no, that's true. You do it yourself. But anyway, um, that's look, let, just let it be known. If I disappear for any reason, it's Sarah's fault. Thank you. I, I wouldn't assassinate him. I'd maybe get him kidnapped potato potato um moving on uh so in other racing news and this is one that i'm going to rely on you to tell me the story behind uh i believe that a certain uh famous rider had their first win of the season yeah mariana voss won the gp mariana voss <laughs> <laughs> which is in arlberg um it's also no no it's not the gp mariana voss she won the trophy martin winance because the gp mariana voss is coming back yes the, the trophy martin winance which is part of the belgian lotto cycling cup mariana voss's first win of the year uh, this is in, uh, it wasn't a very big race to be honest mm. it's not a very big race it didn't have the biggest field in the world but it's important because of course Voss is you know Voss has not been well this year and she beat in a sprint some pretty serious sprinters actually um, Maria Giulia Confandonieri was second Eva Berman from Park Hotel Valkenberg was third Roxanne Fournier was fifth Annalisa Cucinotta was fourth Annalisa Cucinotta was fifth um, she had a tweet up saying that it was pretty hard to stop it being a bunch sprint. They did try. Uh, right. Mariana did try. Her team did try. But it ended up in the bunch sprint and Mariana won. Well, um, look, if your team can't stop it being a bunch sprint to ensure the win, the next best thing to do is win the bunch sprint, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, yeah, and there was... But the thing I like best about it is Voss does... Um, traditionally does some... Uh, uh, race clip race. Oh, that might actually be in a bit of different race. Let me just check. Sorry. <gasps> oh yes, no, I checking. mentioned I mentioned the um, the 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 Mariana Voss at Alberg, and that's because Mariana Voss was also um in Alberg doing racing clinics with lots of small children. Cool. Ah, that's the one that um, she's got some tweets up from that too, doesn't she? Photos and, she and whatnot. She has adorable yeah. pictures of it. She does this every year, and it's mm. and it's completely adorable. Um, Alberg is on the thirteenth, which is two days' time. Um, the Rabobank Dorpen Alberg, aka the Mariana Voss Classic, um, and yeah, we I, I I think it's lovely. She always does this. She does bike. She does bike clinics with kids, and she does um, yeah, just. Being being her usual lovely self, talking to kids Fantastic. who like bikes, which is what Mariana Voss loves. So yeah, it's hurrah, hurrah awesome. for hurrah for hurrah for riders. Speaking of young riders, you might have seen um, Ruby Isaac, who's a young British girl. I think she's seven or eight years old, and she has been um, she's been making these videos. Well, someone's been making these videos of her um, because obviously, when you're seven years old, you're not you shouldn't be making your own videos and sticking them on the internet. She's been making her own videos about how much she likes bike riding her bike yep. um specialized in a fit of marketing genius 
mm. <laughs> have sponsored her and not only sent her a specialized bike to review, they've also flown her out the tour of California to report on it. Interesting. I mean, okay, so I don't know if I'd call that genius necessarily. I mean, it's definitely clever. Um, I'd, I'd probably hesitate at genius. I mean, it's kind of weird to me that as a seven-year-old, and don't get me wrong, I don't begrudge her a damn thing. She likes riding a bike. She likes making videos about how much she likes riding a bike. That's great as far as I'm concerned. It is a little bit weird to me, though, that arguably she's got a better sponsorship deal than some professional riders. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, you know, ten points to her parents who obviously love, yeah. her, who love bike, bike, bike riding, and her, you know, her parents are obviously her, whoever, yeah. whichever parent has got her got got their daughter making making bike videos, and yeah. you know, got their daughter going out, got a free holiday to California off the back of it because you know, seven year, eight, seven or eight year olds don't. Maybe she's nine. Anyway, pre well, whatever pre-teen age, girls, yeah don't go to california by themselves i mean that is that's some pretty sweet uh marketing yeah yeah exactly (laughs) ah good job for them but you know and honestly like genuinely uh you know good on them you know for doing something with with what they're passionate about that's that is very cool and i don't want to take away from it you know yeah yeah so just because i'm a cynical evil bastard on the podcast and internet doesn't mean that you know yeah, so uh, watch out for Ruby Isaac. She's the um, latest women's cycling superstar. But as you say, yeah, it, there is there is a kind of slight thing of oh god, yes, more more media attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for example, the same tour of California that we couldn't see for women riding in it for a long time because there were no women riding in it for a long time. Yeah. No, but anyway, yeah, yeah we'll get some. California. I'm over the tour of California. I, I, I yeah. it's been right. five years. I, uh, um, uh, other races, uh, BMX World Supercross World Cup was in Papendal, uh, won by both two rounds. They basically they've got two rounds uh, at the same race because they've they've been reduced the number of venues from five last year to just three this year. Hmm. So they're kind of trying to make up for it by slapping two rounds of the world cup into each uh, stage, which I think is a bit dodgy um, by the UCI. Look, look, there's six rounds. No, no, there's, you know, but yeah. Anyway, um, one by Laura Smulders of the Netherlands, particularly interesting because she beat out uh, Olympic champion, World, multiple world champion Mariana Pajon, a genius, nice person, Mariana Pajon. So that's are we finally seeing the toppling of Mariana Pajon? I'd say, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not going to take this to, you know, I'm not going to see this as the end of the Mariana Pajon, Mariana Pajon for sure, because I think she's got another Olympic gold in her. Oh. But still, hmm. well, but, you had you know, it here first, folks. Yeah, bold predictions. Well, I mean, she's won all of the Olympic gold so far. So. <laughs> it's not it's not a difficult prediction but no it's nice to see uh, laura smulders win um and the next round is this weekend and if you've never watched any bmx bmx media makes it really easy to get into it they have a preview preview show with tons of interviews with riders beforehand that's live and then you can watch it again on the internet on on youtube um all done by bmx live tv who love their bmx and then they stream the full competition live but if you don't want to watch the full competition they also put up as highlights just the finals yeah yeah um and also that said you know it's not like these are huge long races either like they are over very quickly and and to be honest if you're anything like me you tend to watch them two three times just to make sure you've caught everything that's going on in them 
Yeah, they're they're really. I mean, it's it's a really easy sport to get into because, mm. on the one hand, the first you know they all start together and the first person across the line wins. Yeah, it's not like trying to watch the points race for the first time on the track. Or yeah, something like that yeah. And it's it's all you know. It's the skills are huge. It's it's all you know. It's all it's all tons tons yeah, of racing. Yeah, and lots of action and fast and and exciting and and all of that stuff. You know, all the good interviews, juicy stuff. The interviews with winners afterwards, so you can kind of you know get get a little bit of a feeling about it. I mean, to be honest, they probably show the riders lining up. You know, on the on the uh, you know grid, gridding on the on the start ramp for more than they show them actually racing because it's you know BMX race doesn't take very long at all. So if you want to have a check it out, go and have a look. And then this weekend is Zolder in Belgium. The, the well, t- technically rounds three and four. But, now I'm know. pretty sure I recognise that name from cyclocross. Yes, Zolder is exactly. It's a ah. Um, oh, it might even not be in Belgium. It might be in. Uh, <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! I was right oh, about no. something, and you were wrong. This Where is terrible. Is Let me ask. Uh, oh, Belgium! Belgium! Yes, it's Belgium. <laughs> Belgium. It's got a race circuit, like a motorbike, a motor car race circuit, and things like that in Zolder. So yeah. Um, God, over in America, it was the Redland Cycling Classic, which is a uh, lovely, fun race. Um, uh, ably and wonderfully uh, tweet live tweeted by Clara Beard. Um, and won by Ruth Winder of United Healthcare with Amber Nebin second and Katie Hall of UHC also like a United Healthcare also in third. Yeah. So uh, that was that was um, that was a fun a fun a fun race. Um, yeah, United and a Healthcare. pretty good warm up, particularly for the American national teams um, leading into the Tour of California, where they're going to rub up against some of the top Euro teams as well. So. Well, it's also. I mean, the thing is, is is United UHC didn't get their. Um, didn't get their, uh, uh, their their automatic invites to the world to the world tour races, and they're making mm. up for it by basically destroying things. In because I'm so they I think I think they won three one two three stages out of five. Um, so yeah, so they just yeah they they or maybe two yeah they're, they're overcompensating by winning everything that they are invited to. So it's it's yeah. going to make the tour of Cali a bit interesting. Yeah, in more more domestic racing in in Australia, there was the Tour of New South West of the Southwest, part of the NRS, won by Shannon Shannon Malseed uh, of Holden ahead of Lizanne Hawkins, also of Holden, and Ashley Ankudinov in the third, and that was um, yeah, it was a uh, three stage three stage race in um, where's Peterborough and Wangoom? Oh, anyway, that's yes, Southwest, yes. And in China right now is the tour of Zhushan Island, which uh, High Tech are destroying as Emilia Moberg won stage one and then uh, Charlotte Becker won stage two. So we'll see if they can. Um, there's there's one stage. There's one stage left and we'll see if High Tech can carry on winning there. Uh, in Britain, there was the tour series has kicked off, which is eight women's races in oh, three weeks. Uh, Fast, Furious, Crits, all on TV. So if you want to watch them, you can. That was one by Alice Barnes. Uh, Redditch, round one, was won by Alice Barnes of Drops. Nice. Nice, nice. Uh, are you exhausted? I'm well, exhausted, been, There's been so much going on. It's just, uh, it's almost as if we're in the middle of uh, race season or something. In the middle of season, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, five years. Yes. We've been doing this for five years. 
And right. we've been talking about, and, and I don't know why I'm surprised, because for five years I've been getting to this time of year, oh my God, there's so much racing, how can I cope? Um, yes, but also, you know, it, what it's actually one of the interesting things to me about what's happened in these five years is that while it felt like that, you know, the first year, mostly it felt like that because we hadn't done it before and so we didn't realise, you know, how much work would go into it. Poor, naive, foolish us. <laughs> we only have ourselves <laughs> to blame for years two, four two, three, four, five, you know, I mean, we knew better by then. But also, um, it's been interesting to me to see the the ups and downs. And, you know, you do that great analysis every year of number of races, number of race days, etc. You know, do we go up, do we go down, do we go up, do we go down? And, you know, there's there's been a bit of movement in both directions. But by and large, we're starting to see more big races coming and staying. And, and I do think this year is a year where, you know, I mean, literally we've just rattled off, what, five, six different different racing things that have happened in, in the last week. And, you know, I mean, sure, we're covering a few disciplines, but there's there's something for everyone in here and, and there's a lot going on. And it's one of those things that I think for me is quite heartening is simply that we're, we're, we're seeing a sport in a healthy, growing phase of its life. Yeah, I was trying to explain this to someone the other day that that it's an interesting time to be part of women to be part of any women's sport. Like like you know, mm. um, it like with Australia with women's cricket, mm. with women's with women's Aussie AFL, rules. Yeah, in, yep. Yeah, in Britain and elsewhere, uh, uh, football, um, yep. soccer. It's there's there's been a real it the, the landscape has completely changed. I think since when we started this, since yeah. we started doing this, it's. It was, it's it's very interesting seeing the debates there because we started in 2012, which was before the before the Olympics, and which was just a coincidence because Dan just hit me hit me up in my DMs and said we knew each other from apart from from uh, Podium Cafe, but we didn't yeah. really you know we weren't we weren't kind of we weren't like super friends or anything. And he just hit me up and said, "Hey, would you like to do a podcast?" I'm I like, think well, I think my literal I think my first the first message to you was literally, "Hey, I have a crazy idea." <laughs> no, I think your message was I think you tweeted me and said, "I've got a crazy idea. Do you mind if I DM you?" Yeah, that sounds that sounds like me back when I was being polite which, to you. Yeah, which which are kind of words that can kind of always like make make bring you know send your little your spidey senses tingling a little bit if you're a lady who lives on the internet that's a, <laughs> that's actually a fair point not something i'd thought about until just now and now i'm horrified and possibly i'm going to invent a time machine and go back and prevent myself <laughs> oh god okay if you could go create a time machine and go back and change things would you stop would you would you would you still podcast with me um, yeah, but, you know, it might be a different kind of podcast, just depending on what's available, you know, a little from the left hand, a little from the right hand, take the good bits and put them together and see what happens. So, you know. Yeah, so would you, would you podcast, would you podcast with me again if you did it? I mean, if you'd have known where it was going to go, did you think we'd be, we'd be doing this for five um, years? No, actually, I didn't, even though I didn't have a, a time, I mean, you know, don't enter into this sort of thing with a time limit in mind or whatever. I had no idea what it would turn into. I didn't know if it would work. It just seemed like something fun and interesting to do. And, you know, if I was going back, I think, I think probably I would actually, you know, go back and be like, you know what? 
do this, 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 and this, and 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 maybe make some money out of it or something. Yeah, that's that might be that might be that might be what I try to do. <laughs> then again, then again, if I've made a time machine, I don't need to worry about making money. I guess so. You know, that's kind of a moot yeah. point. Yeah. Okay, so once you've made your time machine and you've made your money, what would you do to help women in cycling? Um. Oh, I I would I would um. Okay, so let's assume that I made enough money to make all of this plausible. Basically, what I would do is um, fund the hell out of uh, a complete race series, broadcast coverage, and at least like three teams. And then I would I would dare slash go slash bet um, Apple, Google, Facebook, um, uh, Elon Musk. Bill Gates, fucking Warren Buffett, you know, basically what I'm saying is I'd hit up every rich prick in the world and just dare them to match me and then mock them <laughs> until they did and turn it into the biggest, best funded sport in the history of the world. <laughs> I think, And then I I'd retreat do... to my island and drink whiskey. So, you know. I think what I would do is fund a... Um... I would fund, I think I would fund TV, but I wouldn't just fund just TV. I'd fund the same TV production across a bunch of races. Yep. You know, like I am Sarah Connolly. Here is my large bag of cycling cash. I am going to fund a uh, race, uh, you know, the same, the same coverage for the world tour, except I'd be a bit of an arse about it. I wouldn't, be, you know, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't fund all the world tour races. Uh, necessarily i'd fund the ones that i like oh yeah no i wasn't saying i'd fund all the world tour races fuck no i was saying i'd fund a good race series <laughs> like yeah, that's a I'd... that's a distinction and i'm glad you brought it up because maybe the you know the casual listener wouldn't have picked up on the nuance there but it's kind of an important thing there'd be certain races looking at you fucking flesh full on that just wouldn't make it oh no 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 flesh full on would make no 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 Again, you misunderstand. There would be a race on the same parkour with the same finish, with the same coverage, and it would never, ever, 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 ever again be called Flesh Lawn. It would have a new name. It would be something like Dan says "fuck you, Flesh Lawn Racing Limited" or something like that. Would be the name. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much money you need for the ASO to be able to do that. Because I mean, look at the Amgen. What's the What's the Tour of California called this year? Uh, it's, still, it's it's the Amgen Tour of California, but the stage. No, it's not the. No, the women's race isn't called that. Oh, no, the women's, the, the women's race is the... Else. Hang on, the women's race is like... Uh, bloody hell. Where's it's it? literally the worst race name ever. Like, I, I I will pay money if someone can find me a better, a, a better worst race name. It's the um, Amgen Breakaway Heart Disease from... Amgen Breakaway from Heart Disease Women's Race presented by SRAM. Right, cool. Sounds good. So it good. doesn't even have California in the title. Trips off the tongue, though. Great, great, great name. Love it. Reminds me of Valentine's Day with that name. Breaking away from heart disease. Good stuff. Good stuff. Just eating chocolates, drinking wine and crying to myself. Sounds awesome. Oh, Dan. Um, it's... Oh, God, I can't believe I spent five years mocking you about your love life. That's terrible. <laughs> That's really tragic. Well, I, I don't know which one of us that makes it worse for. I know. <laughs> like, 
that's that's really my only consolation is that 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 you know it makes you out to be just as much of a sad sack as me so that has been on dates in the last <laughs> years. No. it's worse when you try to defend me just stop <laughs> God. <laughs> Sarah and Dan, five years of joy. Mm. Um... <laughs> so anyway, um, so, moving along. Um, no, but what I but what I do is I would totally. Um, I think I think one of the things I'd want to do when when we started, the racing was definitely in a downward phase. In a downward phase, yes. there was lots of you know there'd been lots of races that had disappeared, and I think I'd want to be a bit more, um, you know, kind of. Uh, if I had my time machine, of course I'd know which races we're going to we're going to go. But I'd want to be also a bit more hardcore if, about the UCI. I'd want, I'm obviously in my vast amount of money that I've made by illegal betting and shit. I've I've gone, you know, I've I've done, I've I've created a coup because I'm I'm pretty sure, looking at Pat McQuaid, that it's not that hard to take over the UCI if you wave enough cash around. Oh yeah, so, but honestly, I I this is oh god, I Jesus, I'm about to say something I never thought I would say and. It will possibly upset you and end our podcast relationship completely. <laughs> so brace yourself, because this is going to be brace. fucking great. I think I might agree with Jonathan Vorters. In so much as, if money were no object to me, rather than buying my way into the UCI and dealing with that fuck, oh, mess of a bureaucracy... I might just go rogue and create my own entire new sport slash infrastructure slash everything. So the problem with that, here's the problem, is that for women's cycling, they're hamstrung by the Olympics because the Olympics, uh, the UCI gets to decide who gets to go to the Olympic Games and stuff like that. I think you're missing the bit where I said best funded sport in the history of the world. You're talking, I'm talking, I'm talking like winning 50 million a race kind of, kind of, kind of money, you know, like NFL footballers in a season per race kind of funding. Money, money's no object to me. I'm a Russian trillionaire. <laughs> yeah, I still want them to be able to win an Olympic gold. I'll buy the fucking Olympics. I can afford it. Oh, actually, yes, yes, yes. Since we're talking corruption, I think yeah. buying the Olympics is probably probably one of the easier things to do. Wait. Speaking of waving big bags of Fucking, money in people's faces, I'll yeah, buy, sorry, I'll, I'll buy FIFA at the same time, and all soccer will be done on bikes from thenceforth. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll fucking fix it all. <laughs> I love this. Um, I I think, but to be serious for a minute, I think I'd be. I think if I could go and do the kind of Cassandra-ish voice of doom from the fe- from the past, um, from the future, I would be being a bit more careful about, look, what can we do about supporting race organisers mm. and racers to help them be more pro? Because definitely, if I had my big, if I had a big bag of money, I'd want a Pyrenean climbing race. And I'd probably yeah. pay Sweet Spot to organise it because you know, they, well, they, I've got... Yeah, this is this is the other thing that actually I, I thought of just as you were talking about that um, is you know again as you say in a in a more realistic approach, one of the things that we have learnt from the last five years is not only was there that drop you know the the drop from two thousand and twelve to the two thousand and thirteen season was quite stark in terms of number of races disappearing etc. But since then we've also learned a lot about um, smaller races being able to take 
significant steps forward in terms of providing video coverage live or close to live or at least daily highlights etc etc um new races coming on board and just like like you say sweet spot just absolutely nailing it with bringing in a, a new women's tour um you know not just a race but a, a full you know quite quite full stage race um and and so on and so there's there's a lot of things that we've learned in the last five years about how you know not saying it's easy but how doable it is to create sustainable races that that stick around and are popular and you know i mean you look at those look at strata bianchi you know like like these are these are races that are almost instant fixtures on the on the calendar and so definitely there's there's learnings there that yeah that theoretical time machine we could take back and make the world even better earlier yeah yeah i think i think that's what i i mean that's the thing the thing that has changed is it's is everything is more positive i think Mm. i mean we were talking earlier about whether we should talk in today's podcast about there's an article in the sacramento b about how women cyclists are racing in california and the prize money is just ludicrously different between the men's and the women's uh, yeah. women's and the women's race. And I was really struggling with, yeah, you know, why, why, why would we, why would we spend a lot of time talking about this one when it happens all the time? And this is one of those things about being, you know, jaded. Like I am totally jaded by it. I, I, yeah. I also think that the tour of California isn't the most important, isn't the hill that I'd want to die on. For yeah, racing, given yeah. I mean, first, before I went for prize money for the women, I'd want them to be able to be streamed. Like there is no, there's, there's only a little tiny bit of streaming of the women's race. Um, the final stage is apparently going to be shown before the men's, before the before the men start their race. There's a tiny bit of live live TV, and and to be honest, I'm 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 over the tour of California. You know, it's it's really hard to get enthusiastic and excited well, about it. It's really and interesting. The, Sorry. Sorry, please continue. No, carry on. I was just going to say it's really interesting to me because, you know, you mentioned this just before, but I, I, in the context in particular of this season and how many races we've seen that have taken solid steps up in terms of their coverage and what they're providing, what they're providing live, and the races that aren't, I'm starting to detect a pattern about one particular fucking race organizer who just doesn't fucking want to do it and that's yes and the thing is is not all races are shown live for example when we get to the giro rosa when we get Mm. to the um the 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 uh, the ovo women's tour the the viva women's tour as was um they're not they're not shown live and sweet spot have quite a good philosophical reason for not showing for not putting for not putting the race on live so far which is they say that it's easier to get that that they've been putting their money onto significant highlights like Mm. 40 40 minute highlights because for them it's an easier way to reach new fans that live racing is live racing is what existing fans want but for new fans, it's better to put on good quality highlights that explain the racing, explain who everyone is, blah 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 blah. Before that, and I and I buy that. Oh, I a hundred percent agree with that too. Because the other thing that live racing depends on um, is that your audience has the time to watch live racing, and mm. unlike you know uh, a lot of sports, cycling tends to be on during the week, during the day. 
You know, like it's it's at times yeah. that are inconvenient to large numbers of people because they're working or doing stuff with their families or whatever. You know, and and it's not like a a football or match which goes for yeah, yeah yeah, and it's not like a football match which goes for like an hour and a half or you know two hours with ad breaks or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like it's you know a race can take five six hours. You know, there, there's a very limited number of people who can dedicate six hours watching a full stream. Um, you know, and so yeah, I totally can understand um highlights or whatever and i have no problem with races going that that um down that path um particularly because i do agree that well-packaged highlights can still show you all of the key parts of the race and tell you the story effectively etc yes my gold standard will always be to have the the full stage live or or replayable but I have no problem with starting out with, with with that. But my issue in particular with ASO is just simply their intransigence, their their fucking just disgraceful stubbornness to do anything <laughs> proactive to contribute to the growth of the sport that they're profiting off. That's what really pisses me off. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, especially when... The other thing about the OVO Women's Tour is that they have... It is the only, it, it is the only race. Whereas when you get to the Amgen... The... <laughs> Uh, Amgen breakaway from heart disease women's race presented by SRAM presented by SRAM um, you, there, isn't, there isn't the same excuse because the men's races are streamed live you know so you yeah. can say okay we've got we've, so it, it, it's definitely a, it's definitely a conscious choice definitely a conscious choice and it, it's kind yep. of it, it's well, I mean, and, I, I and feel, it's a series I, of conscious know, choices it's the, same, it's the same it's the same it's the same it's the same organisation that chooses not to show the women's racing live when they're showing the men's racing live at the same event it's the same organisation that says oh there's no point in having a women's Paris-Roubaix they're not ready for it they have to wait their turn what the fuck does that even mean? You know, it's 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 the same thing over and over again. It's the same organization that goes, oh, we're going to move La Course from, from the finishing under the Arc de Triomphe, you know, at, at in Paris on the last day of the tour to some quarter of a climb up a mountain on, you know, the third last day instead. You know, and, and like they just have no connection to what they're, you know, to the sport that they're ostensibly trying to contribute to. And it it beyond irritates me, in case you couldn't tell. So, you know, thank <laughs> you. Thank you I'm for five years still... of, of like, I'm, I guess I'm naming my first ulcer after the ASO. <laughs> Fuck. And my second ulcer after the UCI. This is bullshit. I mean, yeah, it's it's been. I mean, I think I I do think that we're in a much 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 more positive place than than we have been. It is exhausting still having the same conversation mm. five years later. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 kind of uh, you know uh, okay. You know, I I love that we're still we're still loving it though. You know, like yeah. we've had we've had we've had a big change. We had a big change in this in names at the top of the sports. Um, like five years ago, we weren't, it wasn't, you know, we, we were still talking about you to aunt in a Yoko Teutenberg. Yeah. Riders like that, you know, amazing riders who've, who've, who've left the sport. This we've seen, we've seen a, a real shift of young talent. And what's really exciting for me is riders who were juniors becoming elites, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and, and grow and, you know, kind of growing up in the sport. And that's, that's extraordinary. That's really exciting. And mm. it's, Media's changed so much. Social media yeah. transformed yeah. the sport. 
but also not just social media but you know you look at like well um, actual media this was going to be one of my points this is one of the other really interesting things to me since we started and you know i beg everyone's indulgence because there is going to be a tiny bit of a, a not so humble brag in here but since we started doing the podcast there's now um you know a couple of other uh, regular slash semi-regular podcasts about women's cycling. There, uh, we've seen the birth of Ella cycling tips. We've seen the strengthening of cycling news as women's cycling coverage. We've seen the birth of um, you know several other websites um, you know devoted to covering um, different aspects of women's cycling and and stuff like that. Like the the broader, uh, I guess for want of a better term, media landscape for women's cycling has changed quite a lot in five years. Yeah. And it's not just specialist media. It's mm. also like, like the way I know you don't like them, but the way that SBS, <laughs> for example, does women's cycling has changed, you know, uh, the way that the BBC does women's talks about women's cycling has changed. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's really, it, 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 you know, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't feel like it sometimes like, you know, when it's like, Oh, let's have another conversation about how shitty the prize money is, you know, like that doesn't feel like there's been much change but on the other hand there's so much change yeah you know we were just talking about ruby isaac being six you know being i don't know how old she is nine years old seven years old something like that she's a small child um you know being taken on as a taken on by a brand and the fact that a brand like specialized is looking at this small child and saying right yeah this would be um this would be money making for us this is worth doing you know to have to to be to be featuring a small you know a a, a small girl loving the sport that's that's phenomenal that's Mm. really really interesting so yeah so I don't know, five years' time, let's see what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you've got to look back five years to see how far you've come. I mean... Can you imagine imagine if I just ignored your DM thinking it was like some kind of weird... (laughs) Ignored ignored your tweet. You were so polite as well. (laughs) I know. What false advertising advertising that turned out to be. Uh, I know it's, it's, it's all, all, so, all so I know is all I know is that we we would both be minus one friend and um have a lot more spare time <laughs> oh not just one friend think about all the amazing people we've met yeah that's through, true actually that's a great through, point you know, yeah yeah and there are that's... a lot of them there's a huge number of people and and actually that's a great great point to make and and um, you know, uh, to everyone who listens, to everyone who hits us up on Twitter or, or talks to us on the website or or whatever, and especially to everyone who we've had the good fortune to meet at races or out and about or, or whatever, just thank you so much for being part of the community that, that are women cycling fans. And, yeah, I, yeah, I never really believed that anyone would listen to us. And... You know, and that's mm. what continues to delight me. You know, you guys are awesome and wonderful. And it's just a privilege. It's a privilege to work with slash for you. And I love it. And thank you. Thank you for being, thank you. Well, yes, anyway, I think we should stop now because I'm getting tears. All right, so. all right. So. I'm getting emotional. But thank you. I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, well. appreciate all the, everyone who sends me links, everyone who chats to me on Twitter, everyone who who talks to me, who I meet at races, uh, anyone who I've met and met through cycling or, or haven't met, but, but just, you know, but, but talk to, like, I, I really appreciate you all. And I really appreciate the fact that we're all, here we are all loving this sport and 
and it's just and it's getting better. That's Absolutely. my that's my five that's my five year that's my five year statement. That's my birthday statement. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, speaking of birthdays, it's Sarah's birthday. Uh, well, it was Sarah's birthday earlier this week, and if you missed that means the... it's Dan's birthday next week. Irrelevant. Um, if you missed the chance to say happy birthday to Sarah, you can do so at PW Cycling on Twitter. Um, if you want to say happy birthday to Dan, don't this week, just you don't say just so fucking at don't. Dan W at W official on Twitter. You can find videos on ProWomenCycling.com, um, race videos, uh, fun videos, uh, profile of Chloe Hosking if you haven't yes. seen that yet, um, and links to things that we've seen and liked this week, and obviously links to how we can follow the racing on our site ProWomenCycling.com. Absolutely. Um, There's going to be, uh, obviously, the first stage of the Tour of California, because I'm not using that god-awful long name that doesn't mean anything to anyone, uh, is happening today. Um, And so we'll be discussing uh, all of that next week. And um, there's going to be a whole bunch of other racing. I think we've got the Tour of Zhushan uh, coming up, don't we? No, that's on right now. That's on right now. (laughs) What? No, that was Chongming. No, we talked about Zushan as well. Did we? Oh, God. How did I lose that? Amazing. <laughs> wow. And also got uh, live racing coming up because uh, the Amakameen Bira starts that, in the Basque yes. Mountains and the last stage is streamed live. Mm. And then following that, we've got Quick, Gerardsberg and Quick, which is um, uh, in over basically the murder the Mur, the Kapelmur, the Mur Gerardsbergen. And that will be completely live. Uh, and then following that, we have the Ovo Women's Tour. So, yeah, hurrah for summer. Heaps, it's great. heaps of Thank racing for... coming up. Thank you so much for, for joining us and for listening. Thank you so much for being part of our five-year journey. And um, if you would like to thank us uh, for any reason, then do head to patreon.com slash women's cycling and thank us in that most special of all forms, currency. Um <laughs> <laughs> by contributing just a couple of bucks a month to help keep Sarah well-fed and um, sheltered and clothed and whatnot um, as as she does all the work that she does for us on uh, this sport we love so dearly. Thank you, and goodbye!